you know, people are always like, oh, m- movies. Yeah, it's so cool. You can do the monologue from like Taxi Driver, the Godfather, <laughs> or whatever. Who cares? Oh, yeah, you know, you have plays memorized. Good for you, like Dame Judy Dench, <laughs> that you can just like do a Shakespeare monologue. I can do probably 20 <laughs> monologues from Grey's Anatomy. Well, okay? that's incredible. Welcome to TV I Say with Ashley Ray, your go-to podcast for discovering what to watch on TV and getting behind-the-scenes insight from the people who make the shows you love. You just heard a little tease of my chat with Sean Diston. We're getting into TV monologues today. Ooh, what makes a good one? What makes a bad one? What are some of our favorites? Do I perform a Grey's Anatomy monologue in this episode? Yeah. Yeah, I do. But not the one you think. Not the one you think. And of course, there's some scandal. Oh, we all know Shonda Rhimes is the queen of the monologue. So we're going to get into that. Maybe even some designing women, possibly. (laughs) Uh, We're going to get into all of that, plus some TV news. But the biggest news is that we recorded this episode, and the next day, the SAG strike ended. The strike ended! Did this episode end it? Maybe. I I, I don't want to take that. Cl- no, no, it wasn't. It was a lot of people working so hard. But the strike ended. We are on the other side. It's a beautiful moment in TV and film and Hollywood. Everyone fought so hard. I hope all of the people are happy with their deals. Uh, you know, I think we'll, we'll see some details about that coming out. Uh, but in the meantime... You get to enjoy this amazing interview with Sean Diston, and, and the strike is over. What, what more could you ask for? TV monologues. The strike is over. Go watch all the TV after this. It, it, you can do anything. <laughs> uh, okay, okay. Let's get into it. Enjoy my interview with Sean Diston. Tired of fighting your kids to make their bed? Say hello to Betty's. The unique design lets your kids make their bed with just a zip. Our patented bedding includes everything you need, a fitted sheet, top sheet, and comforter in one seamless piece that zips together. Kids love the feeling of accomplishment when they can make their bed by themselves every day. Make your mornings easier and visit Bettys.com. That's B-E-D-D-Y-S dot com. Spectrum One is a big deal. You get Spectrum Internet with the most reliable internet speeds, free advanced Wi-Fi for enhanced security and privacy, and a free Spectrum Mobile Unlimited line with nationwide 5G included, all while saving big. For the big speed, big reliability, and big savings you want, get Spectrum One. Just $49.99 a month for 12 months. Visit spectrum.com slash big deal for full details. Offer subject to change. Valid for qualified residential customers only. Service not available in all areas. Restrictions apply. Sean Diston, welcome to TV Club. You're here. I'm so excited. Uh, Ashley, how the hell are you? I've been having a rough morning, actually. Mm-hmm. I We were getting set up for this podcast. Uh, somehow tripped, hit myself in the head with a pair of headphones. I had a joint <laughs> in my mouth. It went flying. Uh, <laughs> It was lit, obviously, <laughs> and it like goes flying literally on top of a stack of papers, and I'm like, mm-hmm. foam. but we're here now. We are. You're here. You're here in TV Club. Listeners, you know Sean from Comedy Bang Bang. You are very popular. You know you have like a yes. whole like Reddit group of people who are like, I am team Sean. Like, I do. I will also say there's a whole Reddit of, I don't think Sean Disson is funny, which I, I want to say, I think it's okay. Like, I think I used to be really bothered by it, but now I'm kind of just like, you know what? Maybe I'm not funny. I'm not that funny that I'm on. Like, no one can have a criticism. So I'll just yeah. let the haters live. And and I'm just glad people are listening. There's a few, I'm sure, Reddits about me not being funny. You know, what are I you going to do about it? What are you going to do? That's that's Reddit. That's that's human <laughs> nature. You can't be for everybody. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you are also in Twisted Metal, which just came out this year. Yes. Uh, and I want to shout out Wrecked. Uh, Thank the you. Because sh- sh- I loved Wrecked, one of the first shows I got to review for the AV Club. Thank you. Yeah, I, I wasn't in Twisted Metal. I, I just was a producer and a writer on it. Ah. But I, I did go down to New York. I was on set very often. But Wrecked, I had the pleasure of writing for, and then I got to be in it. As a Lost fan, it was like an absolute dream. Uh, people, go watch Wrecked. Three yeah, seasons. Yeah, well, thank nice. you so much. I'm excited to have you here. We're, we're going to be talking TV monologues today. Mm. Which, 
for me, I was a nerd as a child and the television was my friend. And I used to print out like whole scripts of Saturday Night Live (laughs) episodes or Golden Girls episodes I thought were funny. And I would take it to school and make my friends perform it. That's Uh, so funny. (laughs) Funny, sad, maybe. No, no, no. (laughs) No, I, I, I think I relate to you in that like, I feel like it's more common that my friends are film buffs, you know? And I, I will constantly say like, I think I'm just a TV guy. And I sometimes feels like it boxed me in or, or like, I just, I don't have the appreciation for movies that maybe some people do, but I've always been such a TV head, like as an only child who basically needed glasses really young. So was sitting like nose to the television. I was just watching (laughs) so much TV and I claim to be really good at watching TV. Like I can watch a lot of it. Um, so I can totally relate. Same. I, I, that's why we're here. I can watch so much TV. It (laughs) is my thing. People are always like, Oh, movies. Yeah. It's so cool. You can do the monologue from like taxi driver, the Godfather (laughs) or whatever. Who cares? Oh yeah. You know, you have plays memorized. Good for you. Like Dame Judy. (laughs) that you can just like do a Shakespeare monologue. I can do probably 20 monologues from Grey's Anatomy. Well, that's incredible. I will say I was low-key jealous of Judy Dench because I was like, there have been times where if I had just pulled out a Shakespeare monologue, I would look like (laughs) such a baller. That is a cool skill. But, you know, it's also cool to be able to to do a monologue from Sex in the City. You know, yeah. I mean, before we do that, we're gonna we're gonna talk some TV news because one of my fave shows, The Bear, was just renewed for a season three, which honestly I thought had happened months ago. Because why would you not immediately renew The Bear? Uh, so we finally got that confirmed. We're getting another season. I feel like this is a show that probably was renewed pretty quickly after the writer strike. I think there's like a hold on announcing returning shows because they want actors to be a part of that announcement. And as of this record, the actors are still on strike. So there's this weird sort of trickle out of renewals. So I feel like the Uh, bear must, they must have known they were renewing it, but like maybe we're holding off. I I wouldn't be surprised if the room was already going. It is already going. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) That's why I was like, I thought for sure. (laughs) Uh, But you know, you do want those Jeremy Allen white posts. Come on. You want him in it. I, I did claim to be, extremely good at watching TV and the bear has sort of fallen into a category of shows that I'm waiting to watch. Mm. And I recently had to decide between the bear and another show, which we can talk about a little what bit later, the but other show? You can yellow jackets, it, okay. yellow jackets. Cause I, I, both of those shows, I kind of missed the boat on and I was like, well, I'm going to start one or the other right now. And I started yellow jackets instead, but I can't wait to get to the bear. I, I, <sighs> It's an interesting show. I've heard that people don't love the second season as much as the first. Yeah. But I'm still kind of enjoying it. But also, like, as a fan of Lost, I'm constantly going like, come on! I'm watching with my girlfriend right now, and she hasn't seen Lost. And I know at some point we're going to get into watching it. But things are happening on Yellow Jackets where I'm like, God, this is kind of like lost. Like you're it's when you see like a biplane in the middle of a forest, you're going to think about this yellow jackets thing and not the question mark, you know, like when you get to, I think there's going to be a few more things that make you go, okay, they've (laughs) just, they're doing loss. They're doing loss with a side. Which I don't mind. I don't mind. I don't, I I would say you made the right choice. I do Mm. think yellow jackets is the more like engaging fun watch. Mm -hmm. The bear is the comedy that makes you cry. So I could get into that too. Yeah, it's it's a good one for like a nice like slow weekend when you're just trying to like get through family issues, maybe. Yeah, just like <laughs> you know? get into it. Yeah, you just really want to appreciate your life, the people around you, the fact that you don't have to make 80 sandwiches right now. Jeremy Allen White came out. He talked about how he had like a marvel meeting. They brought him in to maybe do a superhero movie. Mm. And he was just very exactly like his character Carmi about it. He was just like, why should I do your movie? What, what should I do? <laughs> And they told him, they were like, fuck off. Like, you should want to do our thing. <laughs> Convince me to do it. It's like, that's not the power dynamic that we are used to. <laughs> and he's like, I think I just played it wrong. And obviously, uh, the 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 Marvel people came after him. They're like, how dare you insult superhero movies? Wow, yeah, I didn't I'm hear his... anything about that. Yeah, this, this is fresh news. Just happened wow. yesterday. He had a GQ thing come out. Like, there's a whole very uh, homoerotic photo shoot with it if you're interested yes. in that it's a lot of jeremy allen white standing around men who aren't wearing shirts 
in locker rooms, on beaches, pretty nice stuff. (laughs) I feel like he's pioneering a little, like this guy's become some sort of sex symbol where I'm like, damn, came out of nowhere. I mean, I've been watching Shameless since. Okay, right. Maybe it was high school, college. I don't even know. But I grew up in Illinois and went to school on the East Coast. And watching Shameless would make me feel less homesick, even though it, (laughs) like, after a few seasons wasn't even shot in Chicago anymore. Mm -hmm. And also, like, use the fakest fake Chicago landscapes. But (laughs) I would just, like, watch it and be like, oh, I feel a little closer to home. I sometimes feel that with the bear, although I get more agitated with what they get wrong about Chicago on that one. Because it's like, you're so close. Just why didn't you do the thing the right way? <laughs> I can't wait to watch this because it, it does it does feel like one of those shows where it's like, I'm missing a lot of conversations and maybe I can catch up to them later. But Yeah. And I think when you watch it, it just be like that guy, the main guy, they wanted him to be a superhero, like the superhero of tears. He's... A wonderful, beautiful actor, but like he does play characters who make you sob, even That's in so Shameless, funny. which was a comedy. His character was the one that was just like, I'll never get out of this neighborhood. <laughs> uh. <laughs> like he was just always running from the saddest stuff. So, Jeremy, I, I'm on your, your side. TV, I say. Tired of fighting your kids to make their bed? Say hello to Betty's. The unique design lets your kids make their bed with just a zip. Our patented bedding includes everything you need, a fitted sheet, top sheet, and comforter in one seamless piece that zips together. Kids love the feeling of accomplishment when they can make their bed by themselves every day. Make your mornings easier and visit Betty's.com. That's B-E-D-D-Y-S.com. Spectrum One is a big deal. You get Spectrum Internet with the most reliable internet speeds, free advanced Wi-Fi for enhanced security and privacy, and a free Spectrum Mobile Unlimited line with nationwide 5G included, all while saving big. For the big speed, big reliability, and big savings you want, get Spectrum One. Just $49.99 a month for 12 months. Visit spectrum.com slash big deal for full details. Offer subject to change. Valid for qualified residential customers only. Service not available in all areas. Restrictions apply. We're here. It's TV Club. Of course, the listeners want to know, what are you watching right now? You know, I'm watching a decent amount of stuff. I'm watching Loki. I'm watching Golden Bachelor and Bachelor in Paradise. I'm I'm slowly watching rewatching Next Generation. I'm in season four. That's kind of our oh, nice. like end of the night falling asleep show that we put on. Yeah, that's a good one um, for that. I'm watching Bake Off. I would love to talk Golden Bachelor. I mean, we're we're down to two ladies now. My my thought on the show, and I started to feel this around episode two or three. I'm just so scared because yes. I think that the stakes are so much higher yeah. for these relationships. And like where in other seasons of the show, I'm kind of like, yeah, they get together or not. They'll probably break up in three months or whatever. It's about the like fantasy of it. This feels so real to me. And Gary is such a good guy. I think he's a person who was surrounded by women in his life. So when he's interacting with these women, he's really like seeing them and engaging with them and like just doing things that people are probably not always used to. Yeah. So you're seeing these women fall for him so hard. Like, I'm just so worried. Like, I do think he's in love with both of these women. Both, and I, think I truly believe him, him when he's like, I really both, I love them. I, I don't <laughs> know what sick. I, like, it's breaking him. <laughs> it's like, sick. he couldn't so even, scared. yeah, like, he couldn't even, like, handle doing the rose ceremony. He had to, like, run out of the room crying. Which, just, which again, is something they do on the show, but it just feels more real now. Yeah. What do you think about the last two? I... First of all, have all season have been getting them confused because I think they look so similar. <laughs> yeah. Yes. The dancer, the, the dancer, the I dancer and the guitar girl. player are like <laughs> interchangeable. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm like, okay, he has, he has a type, but mm-hmm. I do like both of them. I wanted the dancer to get to the end. I, she's kind of the person I think I want to win because the other yeah. lady, I didn't like the drama she had with some of the other girls earlier. I That, to me, yeah, something about I, her reads is fake. Sorry. I can't believe that she stayed and they sent Faith home. Oh, yeah. 
Faith, because I thought, was going to make it for sure. First impression, Rose, and, like, very genuine. And, like, this the other contestant, which, again, I don't remember anybody's name. But, like, she reads yeah, a little just, bit I, as fake. And I don't know how fake, like, especially when she was around her family, I started to feel a little like, oh, she's a little more real than I thought. But, like, the drama around the things that were happening with her just shows, like, a slight level of unawareness yeah. a little bit. And I don't know. I I don't see them ending up together. But yeah. but then I but then as I was watching, I was like, there are times where they'll like kiss or like hug each other, where I'll be like, they actually have sexual chemistry. Like, and I think that's maybe what he's responding yeah. to. Yeah, yeah. And even with the dancer, while while I love her and I think she's great, from the beginning I was always like, well, she is the most like young at heart young physically like she is the younger presenting of the people yeah so it is a weird kind of like is it just and she because dated prince and she, she dated, dated she prince, dated prince. so it's like there's uh, so much excitement around her my producer says their names are teresa and leslie couldn't tell you yes which one's yes which. yes i, I could have maybe <laughs> remembered teresa but leslie has always been dancer girl to me it's been an interesting season to watch it's i know it's a little shorter and it's kind of like lower budget but yeah. I'm I'm interested. Do you think they could ever do a Golden Bachelorette? I do, and I would love to see that. But I would want it to be something like a Golden Girls vibe. Like I would want too bad. Like I think if it was two of them, like they would. Mm. I think you need that support. Like that that's what I've loved about the Golden Bachelor is that like the women have just truly come together, and you can yeah. tell they're all besties. Whenever there was any kind of drama, it was annoying. It was someone mm-hmm. being like, I don't like that she told me details about the date. Right. And, you know, or it was just women being like, I was upset about that, but I'm an adult. So then I just stopped being upset about it and moved yeah. on. The sort of Rachel Gabby season is like a decent framework for doing Golden Bachelorette. I, I think yeah. for me, the fear is that I don't know if they can find enough men enough hot old men I, okay first of all patrick dempsey just won people sexiest man alive. <laughs> okay well i'm not and... <laughs> not 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 necessarily like about attractiveness or or anything it's just like i don't know you got to be good for tv as well like i could see like a bunch of old dudes who are like i'm lonely i yeah, yeah. This is a show i can go on and find a lady who will make me a sandwich exactly <laughs> like, like I'm, I'm i'm worried they would just not be as compelling or even like nice to each other or even talk to each other. What's it going to be like? Just a bunch of like 60 year old dads. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. We've seen that that on Bachelorette seasons, like the men are just like kind of inept when it comes to sometimes when it comes to dealing with their feelings and stuff. And I feel like older men may be more entrenched, you know? Yeah. And I could imagine them just sitting around silently waiting for things to happen. (laughs) It's tough to find that many emotionally sensitive, nice grandpas. It's now, now is there a version where we sort of age the men down a little bit? So like, we're not looking for grandpa necessarily. We're just looking for older men who might be into an older woman. Okay. Uh, I don't feel, know. Now that, it feels that like a little comes a different show. Yeah. That's yeah, like a cougar not the twist same. to it now, which <laughs> I am sure discovery plus is working on. I am sure I mean, that is it's be out there. Follow up to like milf. Manner or whatever. Banner or whatever, yeah. <laughs> I will say my appointment show right now just ended this week, the mm. morning show. Interesting. Uh, on Apple morning TV. Show. I don't know how to describe this show. Someone at work asked me about it, and they I they were like, Isn't that a really serious show about like sexual assault? And it's really heavy. And I was just like, No, they literally like send Reese Witherspoon to space. They shoot her <laughs> out to space. They do? With, yeah, with John Hamm, who's playing like a billionaire randomly. It's kind of like a child heard about what the morning show wars were in the early 2000s (laughs) and tried to like make a show about it. But they also were like, what's dramatic for adults? (laughs) And they just throw in the wildest stuff. They're like, what if we send Bradley's character to January 6th and she runs into her brother? And (laughs) in this really yeah, this is the equivalent of sending like Hoda or... (laughs) Or like, like you know, no, Katie Kirk, like, that's even, she would do something. Like, that's yeah, legit. Yeah. This is like the, just, and it's like, why 
it's a world where people truly believe oh the most important thing to americans is morning show anchors that like americans wake up the first thing we do is like what is going on with my morning show anchor (laughs) that is so but you know what like i think apple tv has this thing where like you describe the premise to a lot of their shows and you're like huh and then you watch it and you're like this is actually pretty good like i'm a huge fan of for all mankind Oh, For All Mankind is incredible. Which I think is coming out like the next season in a few days. Yes, in a few days. And I'm so excited about it. But anytime I try to talk to someone about it, I sound like an insane person. (laughs) Reality-wise, I have been watching The Family Chantal, which has come back. Uh, If you are part of the 90 Day Fiance universe, uh, Mm. you know The Family Chantal is a (laughs) spinoff focused on Chantal and Pedro. Chantal y Pedro. Uh, and mostly Chantal's family because they are insane. <laughs> they, I, I call them the first family of 90 Day Fiance <laughs> because, you know, they're the first family that truly was like, we are all going to get a paycheck from this. Like, how do we do this and act wild? To me, the funny thing about that is like, it is the closest thing to Marvel. Like, there is so many spinoffs <laughs> yeah. and like, could like, it's, it's hard incredible. to follow. Oh yeah, this year alone they put out two new spinoffs with 90 day last resort <laughs> and which is basically i love all the names oh they're perfect it's like that one is couples who are almost going to get a divorce and they get sent to a resort in florida that is not that nice and they do group therapy exercises but mostly i don't think these are qualified therapists a lot of the times they're like we're gonna play a game where you're blindfolded and you have to be led through a you know whatever a like maze or something by your partner and all of the therapists just kind of are like, yeah, that's a valid feeling. I don't know. <laughs> like they, they are never deep diving into the issues they have. They're just like, maybe you guys should have sex about it. Oh, it's like Never trust a TV uh, therapist. Never trust a TV therapist, especially one paid for by Discovery Plus. <laughs> <laughs> you like, should lose your license if you are being paid by Discovery Plus. You just can't I be a therapist. agree with that. NetCredit is here to say yes to a personal loan or line of credit when other lenders say no. Apply in minutes and get a decision as soon as the same day. If approved, applications are typically funded the next business day or sooner. Loans offered by NetCredit or lending partner banks and serviced by NetCredit. Applications subject to review and approval. Learn more at netcredit.com slash partner. NetCredit. Credit to the people. Tired of fighting your kids to make their bed? Say hello to Betty's. The unique design lets your kids make their bed with just a zip. Our patented bedding includes everything you need, a fitted sheet, top sheet, and comforter in one seamless piece that zips together. Kids love the feeling of accomplishment when they can make their bed by themselves every day. Make your mornings easier and visit Betty's.com. That's B-E-D-D-Y-S dot com. into these TV monologues. You yes. sent over some great ones. First, I want to know, what makes a good TV monologue to you? That, you know, I was this was the question I was sort of antagonizing myself about because a lot of the things that I was like, oh, this is one of my favorite monologues. And I'll go back and I'll be like, is that quite a monologue? Like, <laughs> yeah. one, one example is from The Wire. I think it's mm. the last season where McNulty and Bodie are like in a cemetery and Bodie's about to flip on Marlowe. He has this kind of long kind of conversation with McNulty. And I was like, oh, I remember that being really fun because it ends with my favorite ending where he kind of says, like, I'm going to snitch. And then McNulty looks at him and says, you're a soldier, Bodie. And then he just goes, hell yeah. And he takes like a big bite of the sandwich he's eating. Yeah. And I was like, I love that scene. But is it a monologue? I don't know. I think the things that I started to recognize were there's a length issue. Like it needs to be a certain amount of time. It needs to be a little bit longer than just like a nice couple lines you might deliver in a fun scene. Yeah. What makes a good monologue is obviously the performance. What I really like about monologues in TV specifically is like, it is kind of the writer's medium as opposed to the director's medium. So 
when you're seeing a really good monologue, I think the directing is obviously important, but you're focusing so much on the writing and the performance. To me, it's the writing. And like, it has to have something that makes me go, that I, that's a quote. Like back yeah. in the day, I would be like, I'm putting this on my MySpace page. Like, uh-huh. A little has, bit of quotability is in yeah. there. And and then I, what I was really looking at, I was like, well, let's look at my favorites and the things that they kind of have in common. And I think ultimately they all kind of are keeping me on the edge of my seat. Like they're exciting. I, I think a, a monologue has the like, it, it has the potential to be a little boring. You yeah. know, like if it's just a character talking and maybe delivering information or something, it could be a little boring. But when you are excited and like at the edge of your seat and you realize, oh my God, this person's just been talking for a minute, two minutes. That's when I'm like, oh man, this is kind of magical. And then I often find that in most of my favorite monologues, what happens directly after the monologue, the punctuation to the monologue is generally like the thing I remember or the thing that I'm like, wow, I can't believe they got to that point. I'm a TV writer and I'm like, I watch a lot of TV and I often marvel at stories and things that are happening in the show. But like a lot of times I really just marvel at the miracle of like, they got it done. And TV monologues are one of those things where I'm always like, what a risk that they took to yeah. just decide to sit the camera down and let an actor go off and just like go they would on stage. Off. And it just works. It works. The first one you sent over yes. as your favorite is the night the lights went out in Georgia from Designing Women. My sister caught that baton and 12,000 people jumped to their feet for 16 and one half minutes of uninterrupted thunderous ovation as flames illuminated her tear-stained face. And that... Marjorie, just so you will know, and your children will someday know, is the night the lights went out in Georgia. (laughs) (laughs) Now, that is such an incredible performance for multiple reasons. This is a multicam. Yeah. And a lot of the monologues that we'll be talking about are like, performed and edited around and this is like on par with being on stage and delivering such an incredible scene it's just so out of this world like all the things that are being said in it is so funny like you'd seen that one before obviously oh yeah that one and it's one of those you remember you're immediately just like the marjorie like that (laughs) i would like say it that like i say that name that way as like with my friends as a joke because or georgia George, yeah. <laughs> Tear-stained face. Like, just the way she hit some of it. I think that I really became aware of this monologue because of Drag Race last year. <laughs> they did a sort of lip sync to this monologue. And I was like, what oh, is this? Yeah. Oh, yeah. A monologue lip sync, one of my favorite things. One it of was my incredible. Things. And I will say, like, my girlfriend has informed me that that bit of doing that monologue kind of originated with a local uh, drag queen named Meatball in LA. Yes, yeah. And they, they, I, I, it's a little controversial that they did on Drag Race, but it was so fun to watch and it made me go back and watch it. And I was like, wow, this is so incredible. Having worked on a multicam and knowing how hard it is to just deliver a scene to yeah. deliver such an incredible monologue. It's kind of astounding, that one. Yeah, and just also the physicality of it, her yes. just like getting closer and closer to Marjorie, just, ah. Uh. One thing that it does do, which I was starting to notice, is like there is a little bit of response from the other character. You know, like it isn't just one person talking the whole scene, and I don't think it negates the fact that it's a monologue. And I think especially in TV, there can be a little bit of interaction and it not like disqualify it from being a monologue. But like, that's a good example of like, yeah, there's like one word said and then they continue. Like, I I think that's that's it's yeah. so well written and so good. 
it has to me some Papa Pope energy. Mm. If you watch Scandal, mm-hmm. uh, Scandal, Papa Pope, Olivia's father, yes. basically became a character famous for his monologues. Like they would just bring this actor on the show, and it, as soon as you saw him, you were like, "Here he goes." He's. About I did to watch do- a couple of these when I was researching. <laughs> I was like, "Oh, there's been a few on Scandal. Let me watch." And I was like, "Oh shit, this oh, guy's going yeah. off." And he it's just really goes good. off. Yeah, I yeah. think the most famous is when he tells Olivia. What have I always told you? You have to be twice as, we have to do work twice as hard and blah, blah, blah. And you're not white. And that's the most famous one. I actually prefer a monologue he does with the president, President Fitz, who is having sex with his daughter. And there's basically a scene where this president ties up Papa Pope and is like taunting him. And he's like, I'm screwing her, you know, your daughter. I'm, he's like, like, (laughs) yeah, which scandal. Yeah, scandal. He's just like, she's, you know, quite talented in bed. It's, yeah, you know, I love the way she tastes, which gross. Yeah. And Papa Pope, he's tied to the chair. He just goes off. (laughs) I'm going to, I'm going to read it. Okay, let's read it. Okay. You're funny. You're a funny, funny man. (laughs) Or should I say boy? You're a boy. You've been coddled and cared for, pampered and hugged. For you, it's always summertime and the living is easy. Daddy's rich and your mama's good looking. You're a grant. You got money in your blood. You are a boy. I'm a man. I have worked for every single thing I have ever received. I have fought and scraped and bled for every inch of ground I walk on. I was the first in my family to go to college. My daughter went to boarding school with the children of kings. I made that happen. You cried yourself to sleep because daddy hurt your feelings. Because papa banged his secretary. Because it hurt to have so much money. And then there's a note here. Mm. Um, Really getting worked up now. So that <laughs> yeah, okay. was, yeah. just imagine that 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 was that was kind of worked up, but now he's really now he's worked really up. worked up. You spoiled, entitled, ungrateful little brat. <laughs> the president of the United States. Mm-hmm. You have handed you were handed everything on a silver platter, and you squander it. You're given the world, and you can't appreciate it because you haven't had to work for anything. So now you've decided that the one thing that you want is my daughter, my child, mine. What I made, what I created. You could talk about what a great lay she is to try to get a response from me all you want. But guess what? I am actually quite literally above your pay grade. <laughs> I mean, that is Shonda good. Line. Like, I'm above your pay grade. Actually, and quite literally. Quite literally. Guess what? I am actually quite literally above your pay grade, which means that I know that you believe that you are in love with her as wrong as you may be. I do love her. You love that she is a door marked exit. You love that she is your way out. Because if you are with Olivia Pope, you don't have to fulfill your father's dream of being president. If you are with Olivia, you no longer have to be your father's son. This is a great one, and it falls in the category of, like, I think there are a lot of good monologues that are just addressing down. Like, just, like, you have a thing to deliver to another character about them, and you are just delivering it. Like, this is such a good... It's like a rant, but it's also, like... You're fucking reading this guy the whole time, you know? Yeah. So it's really good. And I'll also say, like, so many of the words that are being said, like we'll say today, like, the reason that they're good isn't just because of the literal, like, dialogue. It's like the situation is such a big part of what makes the monologue compelling. Like, even going back to Designing Women, when she's doing that monologue, you didn't see, but like halfway through Delta Burke walks in and is watching her sister deliver this monologue. So like as the monologue is being delivered, the story we're being told as an audience is like, this is a sister sticking up for her other sister. And like the sister being able to see that the tension in that moment is so about the situation and the monologue sort of releasing the tension is so good. And what you're describing, I'm like sitting there watching, thinking about a man who's tied up like he's in the low status situation it's not like he's just talking down to someone he's you know he's bottoming from the top if you will which is like tied to a chair the president is talking about fucking his daughter and he's like actually (laughs) fuck you i'm above your i make more money than you i don't care like it's i think that is so uh, so fun and it's just such 
a like you know it is a Shonda Rhimes monologue. That is yes. a thing. Her writing it just resonates. Obviously, I would say Shonda's most famous monologue is "Pick Me, Choose Me, Love Me" from Grey's Anatomy. Mm. <laughs> I, I guess that's my approach, but I, I think everyone in the, actually the world would agree. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so pick me, choose me, love me. I know a lot of people like the, I saw it on a few lists, it's like the number one monologue and it's from the oh, crossover yeah, episode. Yeah, the crossover. It's like the scene between Olivia and Viola Davis from yes. her uh, How to Get Away with Murder character. It, you know, for me at that point in Scandal, I was just like, the, what, what are we doing? We're just making ridiculous <laughs> things happen. So I. So story-wise, it doesn't hold up as well. Yeah, it's just kind of like they did this because these were the two major shows. They have these two actors together, but it's a monologue that you could remove it from the scene and the season would still make sense. It's just one yeah. of those. We have them here. So let's like really let's let just let them go. The off. Yeah. Yeah. Which hey, is a thing I can love about a monologue. I think most of the best monologues come from Dr. Richard Weber. And if you watch Grey's, you know, every episode actually starts and ends with a monologue. They have a voiceover and it kind of like sets up the episode. Uh, but I think our very first introduction to Dr. Richard Weber, uh, when it's the pilot, he, the, all of these interns have come to the hospital and he lays it all out. A month ago, you were in med school being taught by doctors. Today, you are the doctors. The seven years you spend here as a surgical resident will be the best and worst of your life. You will be pushed to the breaking point. Look around you. Say hello to your competition. Eight of you will switch to an easier specialty. Five of you will crack under the pressure. And two of you will be asked to leave. This is your starting line. This is your arena. How well you play, that's up to you. A month ago, you were in med school being taught by doctors. Today, you are the doctors. The seven years you spend here as a surgical resident will be the best and worst of your life. You will be pushed to the breaking point. Look around you. Say hello to your competition. Eight of you will switch to an easier specialty. Five of you will crack under the pressure. Two of you will be asked to leave. This is your starting line. This is your arena. How well you play? That's up to you. And why I love this monologue is because they will truly suffer at this hospital. Like they are going to be in plane crashes, actually. They are going to deal with like three different separate shooting incidents. I love this because it feels like the thesis of the whole show, you know? Yeah. You were training to be a doctor. Now you're a real doctor. Like I, I find that like thesis statement monologues are really good, you know, as well. Um, I brought in this monologue from Andor, which I think yes. people remember. And I think the reason I like it is because it's such a sort of distillation of what the show is. I have it here. I'm going to try to perform it with my I, yeah, best Stellan accent. Here we go. So an actor asks Stellan Skarsgård, he goes, what do you sacrifice? And he goes, <clears throat> calm, kindness, kinship, love. I've given up all chances at inner peace. I've made my mind a sunless place. I share my dreams with ghosts. I wake up every day to an equation I wrote 15 years ago, from which there's only one conclusion. I'm damned for what I do. My anger, my ego, my unwillingness to yield, my eagerness to fight, they've set me on a path from which there is no escape. I've yearned to be a savior against injustice without contemplating the cost. And by the time I looked down, there was no longer ground beneath my feet. What is my sacrifice? I'm contemned to use the tools of my enemy to defeat them. I burn my decency for someone else's future. I burn my life to make a sunrise that I'll never see. Ooh. And the ego that started this fight will never have a mirror or an audience or a light of gratitude. So what do I sacrifice? Everything! <laughs> Good bottle on. That's a good one. Oh, I love, I love it. Just build it. What would a Everything. And I think it's just such a good distillation of what the show is. And it is a moment where it's like not adding anything to the plot. It's literally just giving you this character moment. And it's one of the most powerful moments of the series. Are you a fan of The Leftovers? Oh, yes. I am a fan of The Leftovers. One okay. of the best shows. I think The Leftovers has maybe three of the best monologues in TV history. 
one from Kevin Sr. when he's talking to the person who's trying to get this like final song from. They're all in the third season, by the way. I think the writer's room was just like, this season's going to be all monologues. And I think maybe my personal favorite is the first one where Kevin Sr. goes on this long meandery diatribe about why he needs this thing from this other person. But it's such an exploration of like his faith. And, you know, he's basically telling this kind of unbelievable story. I just think it's so great. And like I said, the ends of these monologues are to me what makes them. And the final moments kind of always give me chills because he's asking for this song to stop an upcoming rain. And the character says to him, he goes, well, my song doesn't stop the rain. It brings the rain. And Scott Glenn kind of just like leans back. Like the performance is incredible. There's articles about this monologue. And he just leans back and says, well, that's all subject to interpretation. (laughs) And that little tiny line is the whole show. So I just find it astronomically good. I love a good monologue that's like, you want to know what this show's about? This is, this there is you it. go. That's and, it. And then, of course, the final, I, I'm skipping the monologue where the Australian woman is describing what happened with her kids. And then at the end, Scott Glenn says, you're not crazy. You just got the wrong Kevin. I find that as a great monologue as well. But obviously the one everyone knows is the final monologue of the show where Carrie Coon is kind of delivering the story and explaining to to Kevin what happened to her. And she's doing it. And and at the end goes, the reason I didn't come back and tell you this crazy story was because I didn't think you would believe me. And I find that to be one of the great questions of the show because the show's about faith and like what you believe. And at the end of the day, he says, why wouldn't I believe you? And... They, it's like the, I, I could cry thinking about it. Believe you. You do? Why wouldn't I believe you? You're here. It is such a like compelling end to a show because it's basically like faith is something that we're all exploring in our life, but like you can't really get true happiness until you have faith in each other. Yeah. So for him to say, like, why wouldn't I believe you? Uh, I just find that monologue and Carrie Coon's performance is um, incredible. God, I need to rewatch The Leftovers. That's one of those shows. uh, I have a good time rewatching it every time. It's funny because you you think you have a good time and then you're so (laughs) devastated by it. It's such a devastating show, but but it's fantastic. And the last season, they really lean into these monologues a lot. And there's just so much compelling stuff. And it's great. These are some good ones. The fans also sent some in. Ooh. Yeah, we got we got some from from Twitter. There's one here that I really was happy someone submitted, and it's a monologue from Girls because Girls had some great monologues. I think, you know, the writing of the show is a little slept on, and mm-hmm. this person shared a monologue from Shosh, who is the best person on the show. Mm-hmm. Uh, I also love Hannah's monologue where she's like, no one could ever say anything mean about me because there's nothing I haven't already said about me to myself that's a million <laughs> times worse. That so, and this one is up there for me. Uh, but when she's breaking up with Ray, she says, uh, "Sometimes I love you like I feel sorry for a monkey. Like they just need so much help, and they're in those ugly cages. You know what I mean?" <laughs> <laughs> Which, it's uh, like it's funny when a comedy can have a monologue that's both dramatic and funny. Like you're doing so many things in there. I think that's so so interesting another one they did they did bring up the bear carmen speech yes i heard that was a really long one right oh yeah it's so long and like he's like crying and you're like i thought this was a comedy but okay (laughs) and (laughs) incredible acting it's such a like like i was like give this man an award right now like i could speak through the food like i could communicate through creativity and that kind of confidence you know, like I was finally, I was, I was good at something that was so new and that was so exciting. And I just wanted him to know that. And fuck, I just wanted him to be like, good job. And the more he wouldn't respond and the more our relationship kind of strained, the deeper into this I went and the better I got. And the more people I cut out, the quieter my life got. Uh, someone sent one from Homer Simpson, Sugar Scheme, which... I have no idea about. I want it all. The terrifying lows, the dizzying highs, the creamy middles. Sure, 
I might offend a few of the blue noses with my cocky stride and musky odors. Oh, I'll never be the darling of the so-called city fathers who cluck their tongues, stroke their beards, and talk about what's to be done with this homie Simpson. <laughs> I mean, that's great. I don't know if a VO monologue is ever going to compel me as much as watching the actor. Like, so much of it is the performance. Like, I was saying, like, the BoJack episode that's one giant Ooh. monologue yeah. is incredible. And I think the writing is great, but it falls out of the category as great monologue to me because I'm like, I'm sure they're recording that piecemeal. And it's just like, you know, yeah. I'm watching oh, yeah. animators and so much of it is about the actor's performance and I don't know yeah. how much you get from animated. But. Yeah, it's, uh, you know, and that that to me, it felt like satire of what we get from designing right. women. You know, it's like, <laughs> I see what you're going for. You want to make this wordy. He's kind of true, but it's, yeah, it's animated. Okay, but for The Simpsons, mm-hmm. I it's, a, it's strong. It's strong. Yeah. And I do want to shout out another comedy thing. Like, if you're a fan of Kids in the Hall, it was a show that did a bunch of sketches, but would also have comedic monologues. So there are so many monologues from Kids in the Hall that are really, really good. Like, hey, a guy stole my bike is a really good one. I am a big fan of the preacher character monologue. Uh-huh. And there's just so many really funny monologues and it is kind of a masterclass in comedy monologues, which is a little bit of a fallen or a lost art, I think. So if anyone is interested in seeing any of those, I think it's worth watching just for that. Yeah. Um, the comedy one. monologues, you know, I don't think they do get enough credit. There are some really just strong ones out there. It, it, uh, it used to have a place in sketch and I just feel like it doesn't anymore. Yeah. They need to bring that back. Bring back yeah. the monologue. They sent so many. We don't have time to go through all of these. <laughs> George Costanza, his marine biologist monologue. <laughs> oh, my God. Cooper. That's a good one. <laughs> that is a good, good. There's like, I want to give these a shout out. I mean, yeah. BB Glazer, smoking, obviously a lot of a lot from Scandal. I think we could easily say Shonda Rhimes, queen of the monologue. I mean, Shonda. And I will also say newsroom man. Uh, oh, yes. Aaron Sorkin. I mean, so many Sorkin monologues, which so sometimes many. can be a bit grating. But when he really hits it, he's fucking hitting it. Like yeah. the America isn't the best country in the world is kind of a hitter. It yeah. When he gets it, me, he gets and I gotta go, okay. Okay. You got me. <laughs> you got me. Doing there. there is absolutely no evidence to support the statement that we're the greatest country in the world. We're seventh in literacy, twenty-seventh in math, twenty-second in science, forty-ninth in life expectancy, 178th in infant mortality, third in median household income, number four in labor force, and number four in exports. We lead the world in only three categories. Number of incarcerated citizens per capita, number of adults who believe angels are real, and defense spending, where we spend more than the next 26 countries combined, 25 of whom are allies. Now, none of this is the fault of a 20-year-old college student, but you nonetheless are, without a doubt, a member of the worst period, generation period ever, period. So when you ask what makes us the greatest country in the world, I don't know what the fuck you're talking about. I would say bad monologues. I think that Ryan Murphy is horrible with monologues yeah he tries every season of american horse everything he does to have like this monologue this moment where it's supposed to you know be like i'm facing the fear and i'm (laughs) always just like this what that was the silliest thing you know what's so funny is i feel like ryan murphy the monologue attempts are pretty whack but then when i watched the flanagan horror stuff He actually does some pretty interesting monologues in there. And I think there are some really good performances. Like, I'm a big fan of Midnight Mass. I don't know if people watch Midnight Mass. Oh, yeah. There's like three gigantic monologues in that that are incredible. Have you watched Follow the House of Usher? I haven't started. I've started it, but I haven't gotten into it. I mean, most of the show is one man doing a giant monologue to explain his entire life. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I'm in then. Oh, yeah. that's fun. It's it's real good. And it's mostly him just tearing the walls apart from this chair where he's like, I'll be quick about this story. And then <laughs> it's like 10 episodes later and you're like, you're still like, what? Sipping the same yeah. whiskey, telling us the story. But it's, I guess it's true detective kind of, right? Which is like yeah. also a monologue heavy show. Yeah. And I, and I love it. When they yeah. do it well, they do it so well. But yeah. Ryan Murphy, it's like, come on, just embrace how silly the show is and stop trying to make like these serious moment monologues. It's not for you. I want to thank you for joining. We talked so much about so many things. I feel like I could talk about TV monologue. I, I feel like if we ever want to come back and talk about them again, I could bring up maybe 10 other Honestly, I, now so I'm like, ones. we got to do a part two with comedy we monologues. I, 
I'm Thank loving you. this. Thanks so much for joining. Where can the people follow you? What should, they, what should they be looking out for anything? Yeah, you can follow me at Sean Diston. I obviously worked on this show, Twisted Metal on Peacock, and I do a podcast with Scott Ackerman called Scott Hasn't Seen, where we watch movies he hasn't seen and we chat about them. A lot of movies he hasn't seen, I imagine. Yeah, and I'm watching a lot of movies, and as a TV guy, I'm like, all right, here we go. But yep. they're not all bad. I'm yeah, enjoying it. That's I'm how enjoying. I feel. It's like a movie. Ugh. <laughs> you got to sit there, and then I'll sit and I'll watch eight hours of 90 Day Fiance. Exactly, like, exactly. Yeah. But that's 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 how it works. Thank you so much for joining me today. TV Club, you know, make sure you're caught up on some things. Like we said, there's not a lot coming back. We should be episodes deep in a new Grey's Anatomy right now. We're not. <laughs> yeah, take this time to catch up on the shows you miss, like yeah, Yellow Jackets. Like and Yellow Jackets. We do have a new season of Selling Sunset. Like I said, Invincible is back. Upload is having its finale this week also. So there's some things wrapping up. You probably didn't watch the morning show. Go watch it. It's really ridiculous this season. <laughs> and then we got the family Chantal back. And let's see who who wins, who becomes the, the golden bachelor's lady. That's that's really all that's coming up right now. Yeah, definitely. Going to be so. a real bloodbath in that finale, I'm sure. It's going to be oh. just sad. Thank you so much for listening. And we'll be back next week with another episode. TV I Say with Ashley Ray is an Earwolf production made by me, Ashley Ray Harris. It's engineered by Abby Aguilar, produced by Anita Flores, executive produced by Amelia Chapelo, and our original theme song is by Rafia. It means so much to me if you go rate, review, subscribe, follow TV I Say. Let us know what you think and tell your friends. Share with your golden girls. Tell your boys. If you love my TV recommendations, let everyone you know know. For special TV club members, join my Patreon. Tired of fighting your kids to make their bed? Say hello to Betty's. The unique design lets your kids make their bed with just a zip. Our patented bedding includes everything you need, a fitted sheet, top sheet, and comforter in one seamless piece that zips together. Kids love the feeling of accomplishment when they can make their bed by themselves every day. Make your mornings easier and visit Betty's.com. That's B-E-D-D-Y-S dot com. Spectrum One is a big deal. You get Spectrum Internet with the most reliable internet speeds, free advanced Wi-Fi for enhanced security and privacy, and a free Spectrum Mobile Unlimited line with nationwide 5G included, all while saving big. For the big speed, big reliability, and big savings you want, get Spectrum One. Just $49.99 a month for 12 months. Visit spectrum.com slash big deal for full details. Offer subject to change. Valid for qualified residential customers only. Service not available in all areas. Restrictions apply.